You're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast, and you're about to have everything you ever thought about cancer and how to treat it flipped on its head. You ready? Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Reconditioned Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vacneen, leading wellness and transformation coach. And following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true long-lasting well-being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. This season of Reconditioned is sponsored by Block Blue Light, the world's leading supplier of blue and artificial light blocking products, including blue light glasses and blue blocking lighting solutions. Blue light blocking products aim to alleviate digital eye strain, improve sleep, and optimize health through mitigating the harmful effects of artificial light from screens and modern lighting. For a 10% discount across the range, visit blockbluelight.co.uk and enter the code Lauren 10. Thank you to Block Blue Light. Hello everyone, thank you for tuning back in. I am so excited to bring you today's episode and I'm not going to talk for too long here because this is a really delicate subject, cancer, and anyone who's choosing to listen to this has probably been affected by it directly or indirectly. We've all known someone with cancer. It's a touchy subject and we really went down the rabbit hole here. Jeff is an incredible guy who went to the depths of the depths of research to find out everything he possibly could about cancer and cancer treatment. And I'm linking his films in the show notes, Cancer Can Be Killed and Flipping the Script. They are life-changing films. Even if you or someone that is close to you isn't going through cancer right now, at some point, someone you know will be. So watch these films now. Don't wait for someone you know to get cancer. Watch them now. They are life-changing. Obviously, they've been censored because, you know, if these films aren't censored from Amazon or these other places, then how are pharmaceutical companies going to make their money if people know that you can actually cure cancer in these ways that Jeff is proving? Honestly, this is a must-listen episode, so get in there as soon as you can. We are talking about chemotherapy and what it does. We are talking about the censorship. We are talking about the corruption. We're talking about the FDA. We're talking about what treatments are available for cancer, what we should be doing for cancer, what prevents cancer. We're talking about children's cancers. We're talking about dental treatment and how that impacts. And we're talking about how emotions play a part in the onset of cancers. It is an incredible episode and I urge you to listen right till the end. Look up Jeff, 
watch his films and get on board with this new way of thinking. Just because we have been told something and shown something is the way does not mean it's the way. Following on from that very nicely, there was something I saw today and I just thought I would read that out before we go straight into the episode, which is, a lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. Think about that while you listen to this episode. And I'm going to leave you now with Jeff. And of course, if you like this episode, if it does something for you, if you feel you benefit from the content, please share it with your friends so so many other people can benefit from this life-changing information. Jeff Weitzman is an award-winning filmmaker, musician, speaker, and writer. He has authored three albums and four documentary films in the last four years, including Cancer Can Be Killed and Flipping the Script. Last summer, he worked with Andy Wakefield to music supervise both writing and selecting music for his seminal film, 1986, The Act. Upcoming projects include a new film on the ways emotional and spiritual issues can affect either healing or fostering disease. So Jeff, thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. It's morning for you. It's coming up to evening for me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We are are on opposite time zones, but I'm so honored you're here. I'm such a big fan of your work and of your films. And we've got a lot of stuff to get through. But before we dive deep, I always like to begin the show by asking guests, what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Yeah, you know, I woke up and after a cup of coffee and a piece of toast, I went on a walk with my dog. And it's really a morning meditation for me. Mm. And during that time, I'm listening to music and I'm getting in touch with my feelings. And that's my connectedness to God. And I just listen, you know, I walk and I listen and I express. And this morning I cried a lot. And this morning I recognized that I was a little bit overdone in the last couple days. Mm. There's, there's been a lot going on. And so I realized that today I need to pull back a little bit because this life journey is never linear. Mm. It's always a matter of um, course correction. And so for me, the course correction today was I need to pull back and take care of myself a little more and rest. And then tomorrow I can go back at it. So yeah, I also had a nice little breakfast and now I'm ready to be with you. So I'm glad to be here. I love that. Really taking ownership of your self-care. Yeah. So necessary. Okay. So your film Cancer Can Be Killed is pretty mind-blowing and something that every single person on the planet should watch. I have heard you say that this film had to be bulletproof. Tell me about that. Oh yeah. You know, the minute you're going to tell somebody with cancer that there's a better way than the Western medical allopathic model, With people who've spent years in medical school, like how dare anyone like me come onto the scene and say, all these doctors are wonderful people, but misguided. Like, how dare I say that unless I am absolutely sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that focused heat hyperthermia, along with IV nutrients and ozone can kill cancer. I better be sure. So- Really, you know, in making this film, Cancer Can Be Killed, it wasn't just a way to say, hey, look at my wife who beat cancer naturally when she was told that she was going to die. 
it wasn't just that. It was that whole film was research for me, Lauren. It was me interviewing patient after patient after doctor after doctor. And each interview was, am I crazy? Did I just witness something that I've been told cannot happen? And so it better be bulletproof. Otherwise, not only am I going to get attacked, but people are going to die because of me. And I think that's the big risk in making a film like this. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it does always come back to this idea of our experiences aren't valid if they're not published in a peer-reviewed journal, when there are experiences that we have learned from, you interviewed countless people, those experiences are valid. It's like sometimes I think about certificates I've got. Did I learn more from the courses I did that got me those certificates? I actually think I learned more from the self-study that I immersed myself in or through learning through other people in this space and teachers and guides, you know? And so it does It get very frustrating for me when people say that, well, he's not a doctor, you're not a doc, you know, as if doctors know everything and they're human beings as well they only know what they've been taught and if they haven't been privy to the information that we have we might know something they don't know well and also lauren we we can't avoid the fact that there's fraud and Mm -hmm. corruption Mm -hmm. wherever there is profit to be made and so we learn from doctors that these so-called peer-reviewed journals (laughs) these medical journals are really just pimps yeah uh, for the drug companies, and they're on the take. Mm-hmm. So a medical journal editor is getting a half million dollars a year, or his medical journal is getting a half million dollars a year just on revenue from mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies that want that journal to publish their findings, their results. And their non-independent find- study. <laughs> non-independent study that are cherry-picked. Yeah. So if they get 50% success, they're only going to show you that. They're not going to show you the 50% failure. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about this illusion of peer-reviewed journals and medical doctors that know things, if you don't include fraud and corruption in that equation, then you're not seeing clearly. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. And I, I, I try to tell this to people all the time and it's such a difficult thing to get people to see. But before we go to that, I you mentioned your wife. I'd love you to talk us through the story. Yeah, it's a it's a great story. And, and this is science at the highest level, right? Because science ultimately is asking the question, what works? And so we basically throw everything at a problem until we find out what works. So she was diagnosed with bladder cancer six years ago. We went to the doctor. He said, mm, there's some stuff in your bladder. We're not sure what it is, but whatever it is, we'll get it out. Let's go to the operating room. So she went to the operating room. They scraped out the inside of her bladder, found it was cancer. And then the doctor came out to me in the waiting room and said, oh, my God, your lives are going to change forever because the cancer moves has moved into the muscle wall of the bladder and we can't remove it. So now we have to remove the entire bladder. And then in order to get everything to fit properly, we're going to have to cut her vagina in half. And then we're going to have to give her some chemo and radiation, 50% chance of survival. It's going to be a long, hard road. (laughs) And instead, we went to Germany where they treated it with focused heat, ozone, and IV nutrients. And in 30 days, the cancer was completely gone. So then I come back and I tell the doctor, hey, we just did this. Why are you pulling bladders out of people's bodies? 
And his comment was, well, I stand behind the peer-reviewed, double-blind <laughs> clinical trial system. And wow, that, that was the eye-opener for me, Lauren. Mm. That was the moment I was like, oh my God, I live in a world where people are unable to communicate. And these are people that we trust. These are people that are at the highest level of our care. And if they're the ones that can't have a conversation with me about the healing that just happened, oh my God. So that's when I, that was the impetus to go make the film. And after that, my wife was pretty much cancer-free for about five years. And then the cancer came roaring back a year ago and she died last July. So and sorry. yeah, thank you. And, and, but Lauren, we learned so much from that. And here's what we learned again, science, real science. If a person doesn't deal with their emotional issues underlying a disease, really there's a limited options on how that person can recover from that disease. Because unhooking from childhood trauma mm. is the key to all health. And we have discounted emotional spiritual wellness as a means of physical health. And it's really our whole medical system and so much of quote unquote science is devoid of this spiritual element, this understanding that we are so much more than our physical bodies. And they keep wanting to restrict us to our physical bodies. Mm -hmm. And it's such a limited model that doesn't work. And so ultimately what we learned from my wife was that we've got to find a way to unhook from emotional trauma in childhood. And then, and then we're really going to be bulletproof in terms of our health. So, if, because I think you've just answered the question, but if there were people out there saying, well, you know, she still died, so you might not be right, Jeff. Is that because of the emotional element? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, anyone, and, and man, I'm sure there's probably a blog already out there right now, you know, because there's so many paid trolls from pharmaceutical companies that are paid literally to write hate pieces on anyone that stands up for something true. Yeah. And I'm sure, they, I mean, I can already write it for them, right? <laughs> which, which is to say that, uh, again, another person, another life lost because of quack, natural medicine mm. people preaching their uh, illusions. And mm. the reality is um, she had five good years without any removal of organs, without any toxic substances put in her body. I mean, we had, we were giddy, Lauren, for the last five years of her life, we were happy and mm -hmm. loving and I mean, life was really wonderful. And, um, you know, for her to succumb to cancer at the end, I, I still wouldn't view that as a bad thing. I would view that as a learning experience for all of us, for humanity. And she's still with me now. I haven't lost her. I mean, I cry that I'm physically not with her. Mm -hmm. But her, her, her presence is very much still alive and still here. So I don't see any downside, you know, to what happened. And there are so many variables to it, right? Like when people say things like that, another life lost, as if if they were to have taken out her bladder and cut her vagina in half and like that wouldn't have killed her and the, the chemo and the radiation, like they, where is the logic there? How could they have proven to you? She, they said she had 50% chance. I would probably assume it's way less than that. Way less than that. 
And there are so many variables to why the cancer came back as well, right? That we are not always taking everything into account. And that's why I'm so passionate about this whole person approach, right? What water are they drinking? And what, what, you know, from childhood, what toxins have been in their body? And what is the emotional element there? Where, Where are the repressed emotions being held in the body? And how do we release that? And what is the spiritual aspect that's going on? And what's the brain saying? And, you know, kind of, and then all the physical stuff and the, the epigenetic element to it. And there are so many variables. And I think the thing is, is that the medical community try and see everything in black and white. And life isn't black and white. And that's why I think it's very difficult for them to come to terms with the spiritual element, like you say. But like, you know, I totally agree with you. I don't think you can take a subject like this and uh, and carry it on without discussing the spiritual element. I just, we are spirit, we are consciousness, we are energy, that's all we are. Well, and when you see the results of people like you and people like my wife, and I mean, even people like me, whose bodies have been transformed by their connection to mind and spirit rather than just body, it's undeniable, undeniable. Yeah. And so anyone who wants to avoid this truth and reality, man, they do so at their own peril because Absolutely. they're, they're going to die from that mistaken way of thinking that they can somehow control everything by having the perfect doctor. Yeah, absolutely. So you went to Germany. I'd love to hear about what happened in Germany and what the treatments were and and a bit about why the FDA, I mean, I guess we know the answer, but why the FDA will not approve some of the treatments that are available there in the States and indeed in the UK. Yeah. I mean, their rationale was we do everything to boost your immune system. And if we get your immune system up to 100%, pretty much no disease can work there. So let's just flood it. So can you everything. just say that again? Just because yeah. that is what it all comes down to. Yeah. I mean, initially when we got over there, they said, we are going to boost your immune system so strong that nothing can attack you. That even if you have some debilitating cancer for the next 30 days, your body is going to be so filled with so much good stuff that your body loves that the cancer won't gain any traction. No disease will gain traction. And so what they're doing is with IV nutrients, you know, they're doing stuff like vitamins and minerals and all the things that the cells love, you know, the mitochondria love. Mm. And then focused heat is really impressive. You can either freeze things or you can use focused heat because it turns out that cancer cells are vulnerable. They are not just, you know, doing whatever they want. They Cancer cells are vulnerable to high heat, whereas normal cells are not. So you just flood that area with high heat and the cancer cells die. Now, you know, ultimately the reason my wife eventually died and no longer was this treatment effective is because from inside her body, the emotional trauma from her child was childhood was causing so much cellular inflammation it was coming from the inside. It's like a fountain that never stops flowing. At that point, you can throw all the natural treatments in the world at it and it's not gonna make a difference because you gotta fix that inside problem. But initially, when we went to Germany, she was still pretty optimistic about life, had not been you know, fully uh, crushed by her childhood. And so 
she was a willing recipient, as are many people that go over there. And they most people find, I mean, stage four pancreatic cancer patients, it's amazing. They wow. find that within 30 days, they can completely eliminate their disease. Really? Yeah. So when they get back, they ultimately have to do some work. And right. that's, yeah. that, that's where we've been missing that component of what do we do? You know, and now I'm making a new film called Beliefs and Stories about the emotional, spiritual issues that either foster healing or disease. And I feel like with that film, I am going to give a gift to the world that will be both undeniable and will save so many lives and will answer that question of, you know, what do you do now after you've gotten this bombardment of <clears throat> healthy things at a natural clinic? Um so I'm very excited about the progress we're making. Oh, I can't wait for that. I, it's such a such a huge part of healing. It's such a huge part of the work I do as well. And and I know with my own healing as well, it was it was a massive part. So wow, can't wait for that. <laughs> so in the film, you talk about um, that they won't test the natural products. There's no mechanism to do it. Only the pharmaceutical products. So. Why doesn't someone independent do it? There must be enough wealthy people out there with the motive to do this or would Big Pharma block it? Or is it, because I know I, I, I'm a big fan of homeopathy. I've used homeopathy my whole life. I know you can't test homeopathy because it treats the person, not the disease, which makes it very difficult. But what about IV vitamin C and, you know, these heat treatments and all the others do the ozone? Guess what? There are studies already done out there proving how efficacious they are, how wonderful they are and they never see the light of day right and they get censored and they get blocked so the, the the whole system is rigged right and the way you rig the system is you make it so expensive to get fda approval for anything mm. that it, it takes 10 years and 30 million dollars to approve something new well who's going to do that for iv vitamin c or for hyperthermia and there are companies out there that make hyperthermia machines the CEO of the largest hyperthermia manufacturer in the United States of America called me personally on the phone to say, Jeff, thank you so much for making cancer can be killed. We are with you 100%. And I just wanted to tell you, as the CEO of this company, I can't get my products tested. And I know they work because my own salesman had cancer, used our product, and now doesn't have cancer. So I know it works. I can't get it tested. And, you know, once you understand that the whole system is rigged, then it opens your eyes and you're yeah. like, ah, okay, now I have to find a new way of screening health uh, modalities and, mm. and to find out what works. Right. The old way doesn't work anymore. So I have to do something new. Yeah. And coming back to that idea of you can't just trust it because it's in a peer reviewed journal. It's doing the research and doing the work. I mean, I know, sorry, I keep coming back to my own journey, but it just, it rings so true for me because, you know, I, I always say it took me over a decade to get from when I made that decision of I'm going to do this to actually getting into full remission. And it was, you know, up and down, up and down until you kind of find all those missing pieces, you see what works, what doesn't work. And it's not a case of, oh, I saw it. And this is what I hear from people all the time. I saw a homeopath once, it didn't work. No one ever says, I went to a doctor once, it didn't work. They go back to another doctor, they get a second opinion, a third opinion, they go to a different doctor, they go to a gastroenterologist, they go to a cardiologist, you know? And it's like, you've got to give the body time to adapt and go through all avenues. So that makes a lot of sense. 
The Recondition Your Life Academy is going to be open for enrollment again from the 24th of August for a few short days. It only opens three times a year and there are limited spaces because I keep these groups intimate. And of course, it's first come, first serve. You can head to laurenvacneencoaching.com and go to the client love page to see what Academy alumni are saying about how the course changed their lives. From helping to find their purpose to finally recovering from trauma to finally being able to manifest their dream relationship after being single for years, to understanding their body better in order to recover from illness, to, well, just actually being happy for the first time. If you are not in complete alignment in your life, if you've read all the self-help books, you've taken all the courses, you're listening to all the motivational speakers, but nothing is shifting for you, and you are just so ready to be happy and fulfilled already, if you're ready to become your best self and start manifesting into your life everything you dream of, the Recondition Your Life Academy is for you. It's a 12-week remote course where you are coached by me personally and alongside a sacred tribe of like-minded women, all there to up-level their lives. We work through the four aspects of self, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, tackling every aspect of self that could be broken until we heal the whole person. It is unique. You will not find anything else out there like it. And it changes lives every single time. Just check out all the video testimonials on my Instagram highlights to see what I mean. The transformations as a result of this course have been life changing. And you could have that too. And I want you to have that too. So get a guaranteed spot by getting your name on the waiting list over at laurenvacneencoaching.com forward slash recondition and put the steps in place to recondition your life today. One thing the film talks about with the treatments is uh, there was that awful doctor. So they don't, the, 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 these treatments don't have enough data with the, the evidence gathered by the doctors using these natural methods show far more successful remission rates with them. Um, Dr. Was it Dr. Huber? Is that Dr. Name? Huber? Yes. Yeah. Has that amazing published results yeah. Yeah. of like 85% or better. Yes. Yeah. So the, I results, mean, the results are out there. They don't want to look at it. Right. And that's the thing. So she, cause she, it was carried out against 379 patients all with varying cancers, all using natural treatments with 90 and, and, she, and she even used studies like how many of these patients ate sugar? And right. And then what was the result of those that did sugar? So the people that didn't have sugar, the 90 had a 90% success rate. And the people that did eat sugar had a 35% success rate. Mm. I mean, oh my God, that, that study alone right there, her sugar study and cancer. Yeah should be on the every billboard, every news station, and it's right. not. And and you'd said that you'd said it to that doctor that you were speaking to, the one who just seemed like yes. <laughs> it was just blank, right? You yes, said, yes. It worried me so much because we see this in doctors so much. You know, as a scientist, the lack of understanding yeah. about sugar yeah. Yeah. And, and vitamins and you're saying hey. he'd hardly seen a vitamin deficiency in the USA. Yeah. Lauren, can you imagine sitting in that room, interviewing that doctor. I don't know how you stayed silent. <laughs> I, my, oh, it was so difficult for me not to jump out of my body and run for the exit door. Like I was just, I was personally terrified. 
you know, after witnessing yeah. what my wife went through, all that I had went through, mm-hmm. for this guy to be speaking so intelligently. And by the way, I sat in his waiting room for four hours for him. Wow. And and I saw the patients come through and I saw the patients leave. They were gray. They shuffled into the room with help. They could barely talk. They were miserable, right? Because they had all gotten their chemo that day. And there was a glass window. I could not even speak to the person behind the desk without like something separating us. And her attitude was, sir, have a seat. Have Mm -hmm. a seat, sir. We'll get to you when we can. As opposed to every natural clinic where they're like, Jeff, hey, thanks for coming in. Great to see you. And even getting hugs, you know? I mean, the difference, it's just so amazing. So yes, that interview with that doctor, Lauren, was one of the most frightening experiences of my life. Yeah, it was frightening listening to it, quite frankly. Mm. Mm. So... I'd love for you to talk us through exactly because you're saying, you know, you had these amazing five years and it's all about kind of what you do afterwards. So I'd love to hear exactly what was involved in the treatment in Germany, you know, all the different treatments and what you did when you came home and why those five years were so great. Yeah. So they do about 28 different things to fight cancer in Germany. Here we'd have three radiation, chemo, radical surgery. Boom. That's it. You might be able to get an immunotherapy drug or you might get something else but it's really limited. And they're like, their attitude is like, no, let's throw the kitchen sink at it. And so they've got a you know, hundred different ways to treat it. My wife had 28. And so it was just IV nutrients, focused heat, ozone therapy. She comes home, no cancer detected. We realized, okay, we got to make a change in nutrition, right? So what is the change in nutrition? Get rid of all inflammatory foods. Mm-hmm. So no refined sugar, no processed foods, no dairy, no gluten, and limit red meat to very occasionally and make sure it's grass-fed without hormones. Mm. And I mean, once she, she got on that, she was making a smoothie a day with greens and berries and all kinds of good stuff. Um, she had literally no cancer come back for two years. Mm. And for me personally, I had a sore shoulder. I had a sore knee. Um, as soon as I got on that nutrition campaign. I had an enlarged prostate. I mean, as soon as I got on that nutrition, I haven't been sick since. Mm. I mean, I haven't been sick for uh, just like five and a half, six years. It's, it's incredible, Lauren. So really just with nutrition alone, you know, she was good. And then after a few years, she got these tiny little polyps coming in her bladder and she would do coffee enemas. Colon hydrotherapy was wonderful Mm. to clean out the colon. And I would say her main, you know, emphasis when she got back, it was really just nutrition, cleaning out the gut and maybe some infrared sauna. And, you know, that was really good for her and me. Yeah. I mean, it all begins in the gut really, doesn't it? And um, this, this is the thing kind of hearing about these journeys and, the difference and you saying kind of, you know, when you do conventional cancer treatment, it's chemo, it's radiation and it's radical surgery. And very rarely does a doctor say, do this with your diet. I mean, maybe 1% of doctors, you know, and, and I see it so much in clients that they, you know, they, I even met someone today who's got Crohn's and he said that he'd said to his 
to his doctor, his uh, gastroenterologist, should I be doing anything different with my diet? They said, no, it's an inflammatory thing. You know, it's a genetic thing. It doesn't really make a difference. This is someone with Crohn's, right? Now I've seen plenty of Crohn's patients who eliminate all gluten, all dairy, anything processed, um, all coffee, alcohol, sugar. And, you know, again, as long as the emotional element is there, they're seeing remission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Crohn's is one of the saddest situations for me to see because the doctors are literally prolonging the the, the terror and pain that these people are going through. It, it's yeah. so sad. Yeah, it really is. So let's talk about chemo a bit because I know that you have researched this a lot. Um, obviously, life-changing effects um, that, you know, it lasts a long time. Chemo. So talk to me a little bit about what chemo does to the body, what people may not take into account for the long term, and does chemo actually work long term? Right. So chemotherapy is, is basically nerve gas, and it kills a lot of things in the body. And the problem is it kills good stuff along with the bad stuff. Mm. You know, of course, if you put nerve gas in the body, ca cancer cells are going to die. But the problem is what else are you taking with it? And there's this notion that for children that are in remission from leukemia or lymphoma, the only way to keep them in remission is to put them on chemo for two to four years. And these kids come out of that chemo and every single one of them is damaged for life. Mm -hmm. And they've either got neuropathy, they've got an organ or a muscle or a nerve that just doesn't work anymore, just go gone like doesn't work again. And the process of regenerating the body after chemo takes so much detoxification work and so much nutrition and the body can come back eventually. But most people who do long-term chemo don't really know how to detox out of it. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing with these children that, that go through long-term chemo, they're just also damaged. And so you know, the hard part is when you get somebody who gets, you know, some sort of mild cancer, they're given chemo, and then they don't get cancer again for 10 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. And people go, aha, see, it worked. And it's like, no, they actually survived in spite of the chemo, not because of the chemo. Mm. And that's where you've got to really look at causality and say, did the chemo solve the problem? Or did the person getting the chemo scare them so badly that they then changed their lives and became new people. Mm -hmm. And that's often what happens with people to get chemo. They're like, oh my God, this is so horrible. I will never get this again. Mm -hmm. I will do whatever I have to do to change my life. And that's why those people are getting well, not from the chemo. So we really don't, what's really criminal too, Lauren, is these breast cancer uh, people um, they give them a lot of chemo, and there are virtually no studies that show chemo is effective at all with breast cancer. And I even interviewed a doctor at City of Hope here in Los Angeles, and uh, she had breast cancer. And I said, oh, did you get the chemo afterwards? And she goes, no, I did a test to show that it wasn't going to be successful for me. I said, I felt like saying, oh, do you give that test to everybody, or do you just give them the chemo? You know, it's it's so absurd that um, 
the whole chemotherapy industry, by the way, the kickbacks the doctors get for each bag of chemo is at least $3,000. So with every bag of chemo, that doctor is going, cha-ching, I just paid for a payment on a boat, a car, and a, uh, a vacation home, all with just this one meeting with this cancer patient. Right. And so then they just keep telling themselves over and over and over chemo works, chemo works, chemo works. And it doesn't. Do you think that for just say someone has lived, you know, 20 years without cancer after having chemo? Do you think there is ever a chance where it won't come back or will it come back in all cases eventually if that person's? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think there there is like. Uh, 5% of the population where the cancer literally won't come back and they'll die of something else. Mm. And um, we know that, that chemotherapy is cancer causing, right? Yeah. So the, it's so ludicrous, it, but these people will die of something else. I mean, they'll die of nerve damage or they'll die of heart failure or something else, but there, there is that small percentage, you know, for whom, which they'll live in spite of the chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an overwhelming number of people. And I mean, you talk to anybody, pull anybody off the street and say, hey, did anybody in your family die from cancer after having chemotherapy? Everybody, everybody knows somebody who died yeah, from it. So, I know. And yet we're brainwashed into thinking that chemo is the only option. I've heard before people that I know say, I, you know, I have to, my family are just saying, if I don't, then, <clears> you know, they, I, I can't risk, this is the thing, I can't risk taking the natural route. The way my mind works is I could never risk taking the chemo route. Right, right, absolutely. It's very, very scary. See, the issue we have here for all the people listening in the UK, which is the majority of people, by the way, we have the NHS, the National Health Service, which is, I do quote marks, free at the point of service. Uh, what we what we pay uh, in terms of that for that being free is another story altogether. But people will think, well, our doctors aren't getting three thousand pounds for each bag of chemo. But something else is going on at the top there, you know. And this is the kind of difficult thing that there is still corruption. This is yeah, the difficult I mean, thing to convey. So, and and here's the thing: if the doctor doesn't prescribe chemo, well, they lose exactly. their license. Right. All right, now I mean, they've lost their license and they've got a debt of whatever amount of money for medical school. Mm-hmm. How are they going to pay that off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because they get threatened. You know, this is the treatment that we know that works in the peer-reviewed journals and this is what's been proven. And if you don't, you're a bad doctor. And I had a rheumatologist once that actually told me, he said, we have quotas. And I will never forget this. We have quotas on the amount of each drug, mm-hmm. each arthritis drug we have to prescribe per month. Right. And I was like, what the heck? Is this a car showroom? Yes. That we have targets? These are human beings. Yes. So for all the people that say this to me about, well, we've got, it's free in the NHS. They, you know, what have they got to gain? A lot. And it's also about what the doctors have to lose if they don't. Yeah. I think that's a good point. What they have to lose if they don't. Everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is so, so scary. Yeah. And I love the argument, you know, I love the argument that, hey, come on, are you telling me that they're all in on this supposed conspiracy? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that they are all governed 
mm. by people at the top that tell them what to do and they don't have a choice. Yeah. Your your notion, your your TV notion, like from all the television shows you've watched, right? That that somehow a doctor can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's television. Yeah. In reality, doctors don't have choices. No. They have to do what they are told by their drug overlords. <laughs> oh, God, it's scary. Yeah. Children with cancer, I mean, you've seen some horrible things um, and you've heard some horrible stories. Is there any empirical data on kids with cancer comparing chemo to natural treatments? And, and I'd love you to tell us a story about Sierra. Yeah, there there are no studies because... Childhood cancer is the most lucrative cancer in the world. So the cancer industry makes $65 million per day on the child cancer industry. And the moment my film came out flipping the script about the children that were healing without chemotherapy and, you know, paying 50,000 rather than 1.5 million per child, um, one of my, my local elected representative, Adam Schiff, he contacted Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, and said, what are you doing to control the medically inaccurate information on your site? And that same day, both my films were pulled. Cancer can be killed and flipping the script. Actually, yeah. cancer can be called, pu- pulled. Cancer can be killed got pulled a little later. But flipping the script, boom, right away. They pulled that because... It's just so much money. So what I'm seeing, Lauren, is these children, in making that film, we got these children off chemo. And we found out how to stop the practice of doctors calling Child Protective Services, saying these parents were bad people, and then taking children from their parents to force them into chemotherapy. And um, the way we did it was we called their bluff. It, this was very scary. I mean, this is another moment, Lauren, where I was scared out of my mind, is the doctors said to the parent, if you say no to the chemo, we're calling Child Protective Services. And these parents said, bring it on. And Child Protective Services showed up at the door and the parents said, hey, here's the data on what happens to kids after long-term chemo. They don't recover. Now, if you, Mr. and Mrs. CPS, want to take on the liability for my child dying or being injured, then let's talk about that for a second. I want you to sign this paperwork saying that you will pay me and you will take out an insurance policy for everything you do to my child. At that moment, Child Protective Services was like, whoa, whoa, hang on there, sister. What was that treatment you wanted to give your child? And they're like, yeah, we wanna give them nutrition, detox, and cannabis oil. Are you cool with that? And CPS was like, yeah, that sounds like a really good option. Let's do that. <laughs> and then if there's a problem, we'll, we'll get back with you. And do you know we've done that person after person after person? And, and the government came back, roaring back, and they found one person who tried to do that, and they made an example of them and forced the child into chemo. And so that poor family is suffering right now. But that's one family, okay? We have freed hundreds of children from the system. And so these kids are all doing well. They're all in remission. Like they might've gotten a little bit of chemo at the beginning for 30 days, maybe for leukemia or lymphoma, 
And kids' immune systems are so good. They don't need more more chemo. Mm. They just need nutrition detox and maybe some cannabis oil. Mm. And those kids are all thriving. And, um, you know, those parents want to keep everything secret right now. They can't come out in the open. If we had a society where we could come out in the open, all this would be known. But we can't. Mm. But the good news is for parents that want to save their kids' lives, they can I mean, it gives so much hope, but it, it's also, you know, when people say, when people question this stuff and you've got to look at, well, why does Jeff Bezos get involved and censor everything? Why would they need to do that if this wasn't about money? What does he care? Exactly. You know, give it I a mean, go. Let's see. It's one of those things could be like, well, let's give it a go. You know, the other stuff's not doing a great job here. Kids are getting really sick on chemo. Right. And it, it helps you understand the way the whole system works. Right. So um, they they um, it's all coordinated. Right. So Adam Schiff writes a very public letter to Bezos saying, what are you doing to control the information? Bezos polls my film and a few other films. The next day in Wired magazine, the Daily Mail, NBC News, articles come out about this evil Jeff Weitzman who's made this film saying that Laetrile kills cancer. And we've already proven that Laetrile doesn't kill cancer. And it's like, wait, wait a minute. No, first of all, none of you contacted me. Second of all, I'm not saying Laetrile kills cancer. Go look at the film. It says hyperthermia, IV nutrients, and ozone kill cancer. So that's the way the system works. Um, you know, they, they censor you, they attack you, they slander you. And, and then, you know, common Joe public just reads all the stuff right. and goes, oh, wow, well, thank God somebody's protecting me from these yeah. evil people like Jeff Weitzman. <laughs> right, which is what's going on now, you know. Thank God yeah. all the stuff that the government are doing are protecting us from this virus. Yeah. yeah. How did that affect you, I mean, on a personal level when you were being attacked and censored like that? It was such a great awakening for me, Lauren. You know, that stuff hurts at first, but then it makes you stronger because you start retreating from the matrix, from the system, mm -hmm. and you start realizing that you have way more power than you thought you had. And then they start getting afraid of you and scared of you because now you're vibrating at a spiritual level that they can, they can only hope to reach. They can't reach it because they're stuck. They're mired in their sort of earthy, sub-earthly ways of thinking of control and manipulation as a way of getting power. And once you realize that you don't have to be a part of that system anymore, that's when you gain the superpowers. And now you're able to help other people. And so for anybody who wants to be awakened Man, there's a lot of a lot of power and love and freedom. But for those who want to stay with the system, like a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends we've seen in the last year, I just look at them and I just feel sorry for them because yeah. they are ultimately going to be taken down by this cult that they believe in. Yeah, I'm the same now when people say, aren't you getting frustrated? I actually say, no, I kind of just look at people now and and just I feel sorry for them. I feel sad. I feel sad for everyone, for people that I know, you know, people that I care about, that they are ensconced in this fear that, and the belief that something outside of them is what's going to give them health. 
We'll be back to the episode really soon, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. So regular listeners will know that I only affiliate with brands whose products I already use and trust. Integrity is one of my company's core values, and I feel really strongly about knowing that my listeners can be in full trust about any product I endorse. I personally contacted Block Blue Light UK after using their blue blocking glasses when I had to start working later into the evening. I began wearing the blue blockers because I was aware of what being exposed to the artificial blue light of my laptop would do to my circadian rhythm if I was working after dark, and especially because we spend so much time on them during the day. After using them for a few months, there was a noticeable difference in how quickly I was able to fall asleep after finishing work not that long before. During the lockdowns and homeschooling my son, I also got him a kid's pair, and he now wears them anytime he's at a screen, not just after dark. And I feel really strongly about how important it is for both us and our children. Now, if you've never heard of blue light blocking, and this is the first time you're hearing it, Studies have shown that artificial blue light from screens, devices, and all modern lighting are having detrimental effects on our health. Artificial blue light disrupts our sleep, interferes with our hormones, and causes digital eye strain, which can lead to long-term eye health issues. Since using the glasses myself, and by the way, they do amazing fit-over glasses that fit seamlessly over any glasses you might already have to wear, which has been priceless for me because I have to wear my glasses when I'm at screen, I've noticed better sleep quality and an improvement in the thyroid issues I was struggling to balance out fully since having my kids. Bonus! Since Block Blue Light's sponsorship for last season, hundreds of you have made a decision to improve your health and your sleep by ordering their products, and I'm only hearing positive things which was exactly my intention for this collaboration. So to check out all of Block Blue Light's incredible health-boosting products, including day and nighttime glasses, blue light blocking light bulbs, and 100% light blocking sleep masks to help you into a deeper sleep, visit blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10 for a 10% discount. That's blockbluelight.co.uk and use the code Lauren10. Thank you so much to Block Blue Light. But I do love that you just said, you know, this love and compassion and freedom, because that is what I feel like our community is so about. The community that are, you know, endorsing and promoting natural health solutions. It's just such a community of just sharing love and helping people with, you know, nothing to gain, just all this stuff, you know, (laughs) that we get taken down from Instagram and all these things happen and these slam pieces in the media, but it's all out of love and everyone's helping each other. And it, it gives me so much joy. And I think the community is growing as well. It absolutely is growing and we are winning and you can't avoid looking at these stories of people that are healing, of people that are loving, um, of people being free, you can't look at them without being like attracted and like, oh my God, I want that. (laughs) So ultimately we are going to win because not only do we have the truth on our side, but we've got the love and power and freedom as well. Yeah. When you, when you come from a place when you're not living with fear, there is so much freedom with that. You know, this past year and a half, I've just had, there's been no fear in my household, you know, And and, and it has been, truly worrying to see the level of fear in other people that I know. I mean, I'm lucky. I kind of live in an echo chamber because I've created a community here where, you know, all my friends are the same as me, my family, my parents, 
are on board, my sister. So um, I, I kind of do live in this echo chamber where I feel like I have that support and I don't have to spend all day, every day being frustrated. But obviously when you are around other people who are living in that fear, it is difficult. And I just kind of just try to send compassion their way and hope that at some point they they come <laughs> they come to the light and move yeah, out of I the mean, fear. We have to somehow figure out a way to love these people back to the truth mm. because they you know, we've all been lost in our lives. I get it. And, um, you know, when they throw at me anger and tyranny and try to control me, uh, my initial response was to yell back at them. Mm -hmm. And my new response is to stay calm and loving and just present them with the truth yeah. and then go on living my life, how I want to live it. Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate thing that frustrates them. Yeah. It's like, no, sir, you can't come in here if you don't do blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, that's okay. I'm going to do it. And I don't care what you think. Yeah. Well, we're not going to check you out at the stand. Oh, that's okay. I'll pay cash for my item. Well, we're going to call the police. Go ahead, call the police because I've done nothing unlawful. So you can't stop me there either. So anyway, it's just... Um, yeah, I've it's seen your videos on yeah, Instagram good, yeah. where you're not wearing a mask and you yeah, yeah. <laughs> initiate it, this whole thing. Yeah, it's because we have to stand up to it. I do yeah. want to touch quickly on dental care because yes, it's a massive, massive issue with our health and something that I have come to in the last couple of years. And I have had an incredible story personally um, regarding uh, biological dentistry. So I'd love you to talk us through a little bit how dental care plays a role in cancer and in healing. Right. So the whole, the whole trick with cancer is it's just toxins in the body mm -hmm. on, you know, on steroids. I mean, there's just too many toxins. And what happens when you do a root canal, for example, is you cut off the blood supply and the nerve to that tooth. And then you're basically leaving a gangrenous organ in the body, which is just totally polluting the body. And they have found a correlation between every tooth connected to every org, some organ in the body. Mm -hmm. And when a certain organ gets cancer, they go back to that tooth and they find, oh my God, there's a root canal that was done on that tooth. That The gangrenous toxins that are coming out of that tooth are now causing cancer. And so the alternative to root canals, it's a little bit more expensive, is to pull the tooth completely and then, you know, put a post and a crown in there and, and you know, some sort of an implant and, and do it without metal, do it with something maybe ceramic, and you can solve that problem. It costs a little bit more money. Now, our whole industry is based on nobody wants to spend money, so insurance companies would rather have you do a $1,000 root canal than a $5,000 you know, uh, implant. So they've really covered up that whole information about root canals, and they've covered up the information about putting toxic metals and teeth and so what we're finding out now is that ceramics are a lot better in our mouth and uh, root canals are bad. It's pretty simple. If you just remember those two, two basic mm. premises, you're not going to put toxins in your body. Yeah, because we're seeing a lot of autoimmune disease are being linked back to dental treatments and amalgam fillings and root canals and removal of wisdom teeth. And it's really, really an interesting trail to follow, actually. But you mentioned toxins, obviously. At, at the end of it, all things taken into account, what kills cancer? Yeah, what kills cancer is removing the toxins, right? And then flooding the body with what the body wants and loves. So the body 
loves raw whole food. You give it some kale, you give it some root vegetables, some berries, man, the body's excited. Mm -hmm. You give the body sugar, fried food, all the things that we think taste good that are advertised constantly, and really the body just shuts down. I mean, if you eat a lot of sugar, the body literally shuts down for six hours after that sugar. And um, we're still learning about what detox even means. But when you do things like colon hydrotherapy, infrared sauna, saunas, um, metal detox, there is a metal detox protocol you can go through. You can flush the organs. There's all kinds of things you can do. Basically, that's the key to healing cancer is get rid of all the toxins. And then emotionally, what do you do to detoxify those toxins? Emotionally, you go back to your childhood where the trauma existed. You feel it. You become a witness for your child self where all that pain was created. And you begin to dissolve all those emotions, all of those feelings. So now that pain body no longer exists as an entity inside you, which is a little factory for inflammation, right? Causing cellular inflammation. Now you've dissolved that pain body. There's no more toxic factory inside your body. And so if you just think along those lines of, okay, how do I detoxify today? And how do I give myself the love that I need both in food and in emotional quality? Mm. So in terms of the detoxifying, it just makes no sense. And it's totally counterintuitive to introduce chemo when what you're trying to do is detoxify the body instead of you're, you're trying to really remove poison from the body. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's kind of a shortcut. They're trying to do a shortcut. The big thing about chemo for me, the re revealing thing was that chemotherapy can't really kill the mothership of mm. cancer. It can just kill all the little fighter jets that are going out. Yeah. It doesn't get to the root cause. It doesn't get to the root cause. Yeah. So for the person listening now who might have cancer, who I'm guessing if they've got to the end, they might be a little bit open. What should that person do? Where should they go? You know, even for the people that just got cancer and are being told they have to remove organs from their body yeah. or get their breasts cut off. I mean, I would hope that they would go, uh, let me just look at a little bit of information here. I would tell them, <clears throat> watch my film, Cancer Can Be Killed. It's still on Vimeo On Demand, iTunes and Google Play. It's very inexpensive. I think on Vimeo On Demand, it's only two bucks. Yeah, I, I rented pound. it for like one ninety-nine or something. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes as well. So everyone's got a link to it. Yeah. So if you just watch that one film, there are so many ideas in that film that will make you go, ah, I see. Okay. Now I can look in this direction and find answers that I need. Mm. I think it's just a brilliant eye opener. And that was the goal of the film. I had had dinner with some friends who had breast cancer, a woman who had breast cancer. And after our dinner, I was sure she was going to go the natural route. And instead she got both her breasts cut off and got lots of chemo and was in absolute misery for a year. And after that, I was like, okay, that'll never happen again. I've got to make a film for people to see it because mm. obviously having dinner with these people is not enough. Mm. So I'm really, really happy about how that film has been able to change hundreds of thousands of lives. And so I would really say that's the first step. Mm. You know, I'm not just saying that because it's my film. I'm saying- No, that it's a life-changing film. Yeah, that people will, will get the ideas they need to then find whatever they need to find. Yeah, absolutely. And there really is so much to find and there is so much information if you just dig beneath the surface and- Yeah. Yeah. 
Amazing. Okay. So like I told you before we came on at the end of the show, I do this all about you segment where I just ask you a series of quick fire questions. So are you ready, Jeff? I'm ready. Okay. So the first one is fill in the blank. Wellness is? Wellness is love and support. Beautiful. One thing you wish everyone on the planet would do? Take care of themselves emotionally and go through the dark night of the soul. Mm. Oh, God, so important. What is your why, the force that drives you out of bed every morning? Mm. My why is my own childhood abuse, my own vulnerability, and my desire to help other people from that same thing. These are really profound answers. What do you know to be absolutely true that others would agree with, would disagree with, sorry? Uh, Yes, that the system that we live in is all fraud and manipulation and a giant hoax and that we need to step out of the system to understand real life. And lastly, a book that changed your life. Oh God, so many books have changed my life. Let me go with... God, there's so many books. I mean, <laughs> it's hard. Let's go with the Confederacy of Dunces. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Okay, we'll have to put that in the show notes. Why that one? Well, anything that's satirical that points out the flaws in the system or the matrix, for me, that's the most powerful book on earth. So books like 1984, mm-hmm. you know, all these books that talk about the future and, and nail it. These are all good. These are the keys that I need. And Confederacy of Dunces is really a book all about the dunces at the top that are running the show. Mm. And it does it in a satirical, funny way. And I I just, that's it to me. That's the thing that that really gets me at a heart level is when I can laugh about something. Beautiful. Jeff, thank you so much. There is so much to take away from this episode. Your films can be found at cancercanbekilled.com. Where else can people find you? Uh, With my name, Jeff Weitzman, and the name is W-I-T-Z-E-M-A-N. Anywhere on social media, just either Jeff Weitzman or Cancer Can Be Killed. Beautiful. And I really do highly recommend for everyone to watch the films and we will link that link in the show notes. So you've got easy access to it. So Jeff, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day in sunny LA. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. Good to be with you. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.